Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. This morning, we've reached part three of our series on the minor prophets of the Old Testament. We began with Jonah two weeks ago. Last week, uh, we studied on the story of Hosea, and this week we're on the book of Zephaniah, who was a priest who ministered to Israel at about the same time as the prophet Jeremiah. And the first two chapters of Zephaniah speaks on the consequences of sin and rebellion, warning the people of that day and warning us to turn from sin and to turn to God. We will begin in chapter 3 that closes with an amazing image of redemption and celebration, a message of hope. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Did you get that image? God is singing and rejoicing over you, over his people. God sings and rejoices over you. That passage empowers me to get up out of bed and in the midst of a difficult day to experience victory in Jesus. I mean, think about it. Our Lord our Father, our Savior is chanting a song over you and everyone in the sanctuary. During today's message, please try to imagine that idea and the sound of it. God's singing over you. God loves you so much that he breaks into singing over you. That is so important that it's worth repeating. God loves you so much that he breaks into singing over you. That's amazing. God is lavishing us with his love and praise. That's like, yay for Jesus. That's like, wow. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you're mighty to save us today and in the future. 
Father, we thank you that you delight in us. Thank you for loving us unconditionally, exactly where we are. Holy Spirit, please use this message to provide assurance to everyone here that you are with us in all circumstances and that you care. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's message is of God's outrageous love for you. And I know that's a hard idea for some. I mean, you're more likely thinking about um, God correcting you and then singing over you, right? I mean, yep. Zephaniah speaks loudly to me that God takes your life, my life, and our relationships with him seriously. The central theme of the book of Zephaniah is the day of the Lord. The prophet foresaw the devastating consequences of God's judgment on sin. It is clear from scripture that this day will not only be a time that God will pour out his judgment upon the wicked, but it will also include a time of blessing for the Lord's faithful ones. The day of the Lord points directly to Jesus. Zephaniah ends with a message of hope through restoration in the Lord. Please turn with me to Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, and the words will also be on the screen. Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord, your God, is with you. The mighty warrior who saves he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. For those that turn to God, he is a loving father. He is a God of restoration and hope. Today, if you're going to ask people on the street, what does God think about you? Well, you're going to hear many different answers. There's no God. God has given up on me. God's mad at me. God's mad at me, and he should be. God loves me. And even many more responses. I doubt that you would hear many say, God is rejoicing over me. God is singing 
over me. Now, well, the question today for you is, what do you think God thinks about you? I mean, do you believe that God is singing over you? I pray that after today's message, you will have a different idea of God. Zephaniah was written in 640 to 621 B.C. during a time of almost two generations of godlessness. Zephaniah boldly spoke God's judgment against idolatry, unjust killings, and believe it or not, child sacrifices. The people of the day were sinful to the core. Zephaniah cried out for godliness and purity in God's people. The people of Zephaniah's day were well established, prosperous, and they just really no longer cared about God. They had come to trust their own abilities. They were proud of their money, their things, their successes, their wealth had given them a sense of security that would turn out to be false. It was written during a time that the people were rebelling with worship to Baal, Molech, and the worship of the heavenly bodies of the sun, the moon, the stars. The priests were even guilty of leading the people astray by being involved with pagan practices. Today, in 2023, there are false gods, new idols with different names. I mean, think about it this way. Whatever a man or woman sets their heart on and trusts in the most becomes their god, little g. Just to name a few. Today, many worship little g gods such as identity. We tend to define ourselves by our social media likes. Substances. There are obvious ones like hard drugs, but there are less obvious ones that help to numb the pain or provide spice to our boring lives such as comfort food, alcohol, nicotine, just to name a few, money. There's absolutely nothing wrong with money. We need money, but for the love of money, people do crazy things. Bernie Mandolf is an example. Bernie's love of money led to one of the biggest financial crimes in modern day. In 2009, Mandoff was convicted and sentenced to 150 years in prison for running what was described as the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. Family. Children. Oh, I would be so happy if I just had a wife. 
or if I just had a husband, or if I just had kids, right? Our spouse and our children, we know, are absolute blessings from God. However, for some, their family, their kids, their spouse have become an idol, more important to them than God himself. There are so many idols in the world in which we live, many more than what I've named. The beginning two chapters of Zephaniah announce the threat of judgment. The world had become exceedingly wicked, much as in the days of Noah, and God had determined to administer judgment. However, although Jephaniah spoke on the judgment of sin. He ended with a message of hope through the restoration of God's chosen people. We live in a time that we can see sin all around us. We have atheists who do not believe in the existence of God or God's little g. We have agnostics who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. Then we have the folks that say, hey, there's more than one way to get to heaven. We live in a time that some believers justify sin in their own lives or in the lives of others. I'd go as far to say that there are believers who go to church every Sunday, who check the box I attended without ever experiencing a heart change towards God and towards his people. What about you? Are you resisting God? Are you running from God? Are you blaming God for something that has happened? Do you know what Zephaniah confirms for you? If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. God is with you, and he loves you. Zephaniah chapter 3, 17 says five key points. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. Point one, I am with you. He is with you. He is in the midst of everything going on in your life. Often when things are going wrong and pressures are all around, we may be facing difficult times and we find ourselves in seasons of waiting. And we begin to ask God, where are you? We begin to say, where is God? God's here. He will never leave you. Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel literally means God is with you. People let you down. But God will never let you down. God is always faithful. 
Jesus ends Matthew 28 saying, I am with you always to the end of the age. God is with us. God will never abandon you. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9 says, God is always with you. How can you stress less, relax more? Choose to trust that God is with you. God is with you in the good times and the bad. God is with you when things are really, really good, and even when the world feels like it's falling apart. As you spend time with God, you get to know him. You get to know that he cares about you. I'm an early morning person. Probably y'all are sleeping when I'm up. I begin my days alone with God. I talk to him about everything. I spend time reading his word, writing in my prayer journal. Oh, I love listening to the birds wake up. And then listening to the Holy Spirit to direct and guide my day. The Lord is not disappointed or frustrated by your struggles, doubts, or pain. He can help you address them. God is with you, and great is his faithfulness always. The mighty warrior who saves. Point two, a mighty warrior who will save you. God is saying, I will save you. The Hebrew word for mighty is gilbor, which translates as powerful. He rescues us from our sin. God can save anyone. There is no one outside of his reach. The name Jesus means God saves God saved me, and he will save anyone who asks him for his forgiveness. Jesus' whole purpose was to come to save the lost. When we're saved, we begin to experience the freedom of God so that we no longer live in the bondage of sin. God's a deliverer. He wants to heal you from addiction, hatred, selfishness, allowing your past to dictate your present and your future. Unforgiveness that continues to cause you bitterness, being negative. He wants you to stop being negative. And you fill in the blank. God knows. And he can save you. He can save anyone who comes to him. It is never too late for God. Thomas and I have a friend. And to protect his confidentiality, I will call him John. When I met John, he was 24 years old, homeless, 
addicted to drugs and alcohol. His parents were alcoholics. After meeting John, I invited him to church. I remember meeting John when he was getting out of jail. Thomas and I were waiting outside to take him to U-Turn for Christ in Pennsylvania at Christ Christian-based rehabilitation center. And John agreed to go. John called me on Father's Day from the rehab center because he couldn't get his dad on the phone to wish him Happy Father's Day. His dad had just died. And I was the one to inform John of this news. Through encouragement and love, John stayed at the program and didn't return home when his dad died. John graduated the program. 2023, 10 years later, John is clean from drugs and alcohol. He's working a full-time job, and he recently got his very first apartment. John loves Jesus. He is faithfully attending church and serving. The Lord is able to heal us from all addictions. He will take great delight in you, point three. He will take great delight in you. The word delight means to gain great pleasure, satisfaction, and happiness. God rejoices in our thinking, our feeling, and doing what is right. In this verse, God is saying, I delight in you, 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 in all of you. He is saying the words he will is a promise. When the Bible says he will, that is a promise from God. Do you believe that God delights in you? Yes. Why? Oh, you. Let me tell you. You are precious to the Lord. And I know, some of you are thinking right now, that's sweet, Pastor. That's a really lovely thought. No, this is truth. It's more than a lovely thought. It is the very key to your deliverance from every battle that rages in your soul. It is the secret to entering into the rest God has promised for you until it becomes a foundation of truth in your heart, you won't be able to withstand the trials of life. Now, let me say it again. God delights in you. He doesn't just like you. He delights in you. God loves you so much that the Bible tells us, Behold, 
I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Isaiah 49, 16. The Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, John 3, 16, to believe, to trust, and to know that God delights in you will change your whole life. God loves us because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. If we really begin to believe that God delights in me, in us, I mean, we're going to see the world differently. Our cup will be half full instead of half empty. When we sing praises to the Lord, we will sing with all of our heart. When we give, we will give generously of our time, our talents, and our resources. And when we pray, we will pray without ceasing. God delights in you. God delights in me. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. In the NIV translation, it says, I will calm you down. Point four, I will calm all of your fears. God knows exactly what you need to hear to calm you down. God knows what is going on in your heart and your mind. On a particular Sunday, when the pastor says exactly what you need to hear from the pulpit, it seems almost like somebody gave information on you to that pastor. Hello. Yes, however, I'm going to tell you that didn't happen. God shows up that way. He cares. He cares about you. But we'll rejoice over you with singing. The King James Version says, He will joy over thee with singing. I love this translation because the word joy is used. The Hebrew word for joy is gil, which means to spin around, to be joyful, and to rejoice. Point five, I celebrate you. Now, many passages in the Bible talks about his people singing and worshiping the Lord. However, this passage is speaking of God celebrating you. He's celebrating me. God is singing over you a song of joy, a song of love. Let's watch this video. It's about God's love for you.
nothing will separate you from God's love. God is rejoicing over you. As we prepare to close, Van, if you'll come forward. There are three things that you can pray about today. One, maybe there's something in your life that you need to receive God's healing on. It's personal. It's between you and the Father. This morning when you arrived, in addition to the Christmas invitation and the the little card to write your name on, uh, there's an index card in your chair. If you'd like to give that habit to God today, you can write it on the card and place it in the black bucket on your way out. You can keep it anonymous, or you can write your name on it. Either way, Pastor Jared and I will be praying for you. Two, today you're a believer, but you're weary, and you're asking God to refresh you with his joy. You want to believe that God is singing over you. Three, today you realize that you have sin in your life and that there are things that you need to turn from so that you can experience restoration, the restoration of the Lord in your life. You want to ask Jesus to come live in your heart and to forgive you. You want to receive his everlasting love. Just write that on a card that you prayed and that you asked Jesus to come live in your heart and to give you the assurance of his love. Let us pray. Oh, dear God, we love you. We praise you because you're trustworthy. Lord, we thank you for your understanding of who we are as individuals and loving us exactly where we are. Father, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I love the fact that you delight in me, that you delight in us, that you're rejoicing over us with singing. We love you, Lord, and we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.